now it's time for the Ask Dr. Tommy Show, featuring health news, opinion, and insight from Wesley Chapel's concierge medicine physician, Dr. Tommy McElroy. And thank you for joining us today. This is the Ask Dr. Tommy Show. I'm Dr. Tommy McElroy. And for all of you out there listening, you know that I'm a big fan of liberty and a big fan of individual uh, freedom. And uh, today I have on the show Dr. Walter Williams, who is a professor of economics and a syndicated author, and uh, really is truly one of the people that I've looked up to my whole career in uh, trying to figure out what is the best way to go about uh, living a life that is uh, true and vigilant to the Constitution. And we're very happy to have you on today, Dr. Williams. Well, thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, You're very welcome, sir. one of the things that I was uh, looking at last night was uh, the intro to your book, American Contempt for Liberty. And at the beginning of the book, you say that, um, that the people have basically uh, become accustomed to or even almost accepting of a uh, reduced uh, level of liberty in their lives. Uh, and it, it's becoming more and more so that as they do that, that the politicians are taking more and more. Um, what, is the, what is the way that we as people are freedom loving can counteract that? I don't know. We we have a we have a uh, severe moral problem. I think it's rooted in uh, immorality uh, or generalized immorality of the American people, and mm-hmm. and uh, and unfortunately uh, they do not recognize uh, this immorality. And what I mean by that that is the average American believes that the government or Congress should forcibly use one person to serve the purposes of another. And and to me, uh, that's that's plain wrong. That is that is, or let me put it another way: the average American think that it's okay to take the earnings of one American and give them to another American to whom they do not belong. Whether you're talking about bailouts for big business, uh, uh, farm subsidies, food stamps, welfare, uh, you name it, and. Uh, and, and, and to show you some of the, 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 the growth in contempt for the ideas of uh, personal liberty, uh, think back to uh, James Madison. James Madison was the acknowledged father of the United States Constitution. <clears throat> and in 1794, uh, Congress appropriated $15,000 to help some French refugees. And James Madison stood on the floor of the House irate, and he said, and I'm virtually quoting him, uh, I cannot undertake to lay my finger on that article in the Constitution that authorizes Congress to spend the money of their constituents for the purposes of benevolence. And if you look at the federal budget today, two-thirds or three-quarters of it is for the purpose of benevolence. Now, the, the true tragedy is that if a presidential candidate today were to say the same thing as James Madison said, and in addition, James Madison said that that charity is no legislative function of government. The American people would run such a person out, out of town on a rail. They would have utter contempt for those sets of values that were in our family founding. And uh, and and so so I'm saying that the big problem that Americans face, and we, and we don't realize it, is one of uh, immorality. And the immorality that you speak of is is something that our Constitution was specifically made because we uh, designed that way because the the framers understood that the uh, natural tendency of man is to uh, usurp uh, power from individuals and and put it in the hands of masterminds, this elites who are going to uh, be able to manage our lives better for us. But is it a case of where when the founding happened, obviously there was an undercurrent of that feeling. 
But is it a case that where over the over period of time, people became more and more um, accepting of this? It's almost like turning up the degrees of a, a frog being boiled to the point of where now uh, not only do Americans accept tyranny, but they, they invite tyranny so long as it's tyranny of, of them against their uh, neighbor. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's absolutely right. And, and, and I think, see, see where, where I begin in my thinking on a number of issues is that uh, I think of the idea of self-ownership. That is, I own Walter Williams. I am my private property. And you are your private property. And so if you start with the idea of self-ownership, then certain acts are immoral and certain acts are moral. That is, the reason why murder is immoral is because it violates private property. Uh, rape is immoral. It violates private property. The, uh, to, to steal from somebody, to take somebody's earnings, uh, uh, to give to somebody else, is, again, a violation of private property. Now, I think that the listeners should not uh, misunderstand me. That is, I believe, I'm not making an anti-tax uh, argument. I'm saying that there are some legitimate functions of the federal government, and they're enumerated in the United States Constitution, particularly Article One, Section 8. And we're all duty-bound to pay our share of these uh, constitutionally mandated functions of the federal government. But we're in no way duty-bound... Uh, to, to accept by force and threats to, to, to give up our earnings to, to somebody else. Now, also, uh, I think that listeners should not uh, uh, misunderstand me. I believe in helping our fellow man in need. And I believe that reaching into your one's own pockets to help one's fellow man in need is praiseworthy and laudable. Reaching into somebody else's pockets to help your fellow man in need is worthy of condemnation. And for the Christians among us, when God gave Moses the commandment, thou shalt not steal, he probably did not mean thou shalt not steal unless you got a majority vote in the United States Congress. Exactly. And it's like the, the example you like to give is that is, you know, the, the difference between democracy and republic is, you know, if I come up to you and I say, uh, Dr. Williams, give me your wallet. And you say, uh, I'm not going to give you my wallet. But then I go and collect nine or ten of my friends. And I say, OK, now, Dr. Williams, all of us say, give me your wallet. And because uh, we're going to use it for good things. Now, give me your wallet. That's no more uh, moral than the, uh, the latter situation. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And, and if you read the founders, uh, particularly men like uh, John Adams and, May and uh, Jefferson and, uh, and, and Madison, they held that the and Noah Webster, by the way, uh, uh, they held the idea of democracy with contempt. And they, and matter of fact, if you look at our founding documents, such as the Declaration of Independence and the and the uh, Constitution, you do not find a single instance of the word of the term democracy. And what democracy does, what m most people do not understand, democracy or majority rule, it gives an aura of legitimacy to acts that would otherwise be deemed tyranny. Exactly. That is, for example, if, if it were a majority rule, whether we're going to have turkey or ham for Thanksgiving, and, uh, and, and let's say uh, most people voted for turkey and, may, and ham was illegal, most of the people in our country would view that as tyranny. If, if we had to have a majority rule on what kind of car you buy or what part of the country you live in, most people would have viewed that as, uh, as plain tyranny. So, again, what I'm saying is that 
democracy gives the aura of legitimacy to acts that would otherwise be deemed tyranny. Yes, and the, the, the acts that people look for tyranny, they don't try to do it themselves. They go through their elected officials. And then I was watching an interview you had um, on C-SPAN, and they, you were talking about uh, the powers that you have as an individual, you can delegate to the government. However, the powers that you do not have as an individual, you cannot delegate to the government. So I cannot delegate to the government uh, my neighbor buying me medical insurance. I can, however, delegate to the government, you know, I want to protect myself. So if, if it's easier for me to have a, a professional force protect me and protect my neighbors, and that's okay. But it's not, a, it's not okay for me to go to my congressman and say, hey, uh, make my neighbor give me health insurance or give me medical care. You're, 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 you're absolutely right. Uh, and, uh, and that's, that's one of the issues that, um, that I, I think that there's a lot of dereliction in our public schools in terms of teaching Americans this. But then again, if they were taught that, then I, I'm, I'm, I, I, I dread the idea that most Americans would find those ideas of liberty, they would view it with contempt. And that, and hence the title for my book, The American uh, Contempt for Liberty. Yes, sir. And I remember you were saying before, you said, you know, if they were to bring back the founding fathers today and they were to have them come out and run for office, they'd be tarred and feathered and, and thrown out of town for their radical beliefs. Oh, that's right. And, and, I, and you use the term uh, radical, and it is absolutely true that the ideas of liberty are indeed radical. Uh, that is because throughout most of mankind's history, He's been subject to arbitrary abuse and control by others. And it turns out that uh, maybe a historian writing uh, 200 years from now, he might say, well, gee, you know, there's this little interest and curiosity, mostly in Western Europe and United States, where people had a large measure of freedom. But it all went back to the normal state of affairs, arbitrary abuse and control by others. And if you ask the question... For our, my, my, our fellow Americans, which way are we headed, tiny steps at a time, are we headed towards more personal liberty, or are we headed towards more government control over our lives? And the answer would unambiguously be the latter, more government control over our lives. And I think it's a, it's a kind of a uniform thing because we talk about the election and the importance of the election and Supreme Court justices, and whether or not the Supreme Court even acknowledges the Constitution today is very uh, d debatable. But to me, it seems like we have two parties here, the two the establishment parties, you call them, Party A and Party B, Democratic Party, Republican Party, both establishment parties, and one's racing off the cliff, and I, I don't know if you said this or somebody else said this, but one's racing off the cliff at 100 miles an hour, and the other one's only going off the cliff at 45 but we're both headed towards a cliff. <laughs> that is absolutely right. And it's interesting that you brought up the issue of the Supreme Court and not uh, living up to the Constitution. Uh, but, but it was uh, uh, Madison and Jefferson who said that if we allow the Supreme Court to be the, uh, the ultimate arbiter of what is constitutional and what is not constitutional, we'll be living under an oligarchy. Uh, the Supreme Court today, do you find that there is a, uh, I, I heard you talk before, you said there's maybe two justices that have a true fidelity to the Constitution. Is, is the Supreme Court outlived its usefulness as a legislative body? Is it now more of a supreme legislature, do you think? Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I think that we, we do need some kind of uh, 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 view. We, we do need some kind of control on the Congress and the executive. 
uh, branches of government, and that was the vision of the founders. And I think that uh, uh, rather than uh, uh, rather than saying, "Well, we're just going to can this function," mm-hmm. uh, I think that maybe the best thing that we can do, if it's all at all possible, is try to get the kind of people on the court uh, who are uh, constitutionalists. And this points up the the importance of the upcoming election. Uh, that is, the next president will have the will probably appoint during his term appoint at least three Supreme Court justices. And it just turns out, uh, you know, regardless of what you think of the two candidates, I would trust the, uh, the appointments of, of, uh, of, of, made by Donald Trump uh, more than the appointments that would be made by Hillary uh, Clinton uh, as in terms of appointing the kind of justices that had respect for the, uh, the Constitution. And so, uh, so, I mean, what we're looking at this election, because of the Supreme Court, we're looking at some decisions that will be made that will affect the future of our country for the next 20 or 40 years. Yes, and, uh, and, and I don't think that the American people are serious enough or, 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 or view the danger that confronts us in terms of our liberty. Absolutely. And um, again, back to the first point is what do we do? And I think what we do is we listen to people like uh, Walter Williams, Dr. Williams. And uh, I thank you so much for coming on today. I've been following you now for, I don't know, greater than 15 years. Uh, I first became aware of you when you talked to about doing a Google search online uh, when you're guesting for Rush. And I didn't even know what Google was. So whenever that was, it's kind of the... And I I don't know whether you're aware of them, but there's a a group of... uh, I guess free market oriented doctors. The uh, it's the um, American Association, the Association Physician, of Physicians uh, and Surgeons. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, and they're very good. They're 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 not some uh, people in the medical profession that are doing the kind of things or trying to do the kind of things that will increase the kind of the freedom and liberty that we talk about. And I would just say that the American Medical Association has sold you guys down the river. Absolutely. Yes, it's a AAPS. It's American Association of Physicians and Surgeons. Executive Director is Jane Orient, and uh, they are a wonderful, uh, wonderful yes. organization. Yes. Well, thank you very much, and let's do it again. Thank you very much, Dr. Williams, and uh, God bless you. Bye. Bye-bye. That was Dr. Walter Williams, and then when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about health care and some of the issues confronting uh, us as we come up on this uh, election season. We'll be right back. Hi there, this is Dr. Tommy McElroy. You didn't go to medical school so you could fill out paperwork. Got into medicine because you wanted to help people. You want to make a difference. You want to heal and connect with your patients. Atlas MD is the EMR that will help you get to where you always wanted to go. Learn how to transition your practice to direct care and learn more about Atlas MD EMR at atlas.md. That's A-T-L-A-S dot M-D. And thank you for joining us again. This is the Ask Dr. Tommy Show. I'm Dr. Tommy McElroy. And uh, questions that we get oftentimes are, you know, what is, what's the problem with insurance? Why is insurance so expensive? And there's a laundry list of reasons why insurance is expensive. But one of the things we have to remember is insurance is uh, things that we should be able to utilize for things that are rare, expensive, and unaffordable uh, if you had to pay them out of pocket. And that's why what we do in concierge medicine is we're able to utilize uh, patients' insurance to the best of their benefit without having to utilize it for everything that we do, such as you know pulling out splinters, uh, doing a routine medical care. And that's the reason that we, as uh, concierge medicine physicians, do what we do so that we can uh, provide affordable care for our patients. And uh, one of the organizations I'd like you to um, 
become familiar with is if you're interested in learning more about uh, free market oriented medicine is what Dr. Williams uh, uh, spoke of is the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons. And uh, the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons is kind of a, I guess you call it a uh, alternative to uh, the AMA. So most of us are familiar with American Medical Association and uh, American Medical Association, it would be more oriented towards what I call the uh, establishment type medicine. So uh, whenever Washington decides to do something uh, such as uh, uh, pass big sweeping health care reform or things like that, they go to the AMA for um, for basically uh, to get uh, certification or otherwise endorsements from them. Uh, and then the American Association of Physician Surgeons is actually one of the groups that has led the fight against uh, some of the uh, more draconian things that have come down the line that have been detrimental to both physicians and patients. And one of the scariest things that come down the line recently is this thought that the uh, Affordable Care Act measures that have been in place to produce these exchanges, uh, insurance companies are pulling out these left and right, and there may be a collapse coming up. And my colleague Brian Rotella has written about it. It's called as the big Obamacare bubble about to burst. And in that he um, goes through the different scenarios where it looks like some of the things that preceded the housing collapse are very similar to what is going on now with the exchange collapse. And then for, for those of you out there listening, whether you're, you're for or against the Obamacare um, legislation, I just want you to go with this parting thought. The answer to our problem is found in markets. The answer to our problem is not found through increasing the power of the government. Uh, I challenge you to show me a uh, government department that has been created in the past uh, to solve a problem that did so, that was not just a direct stimulus like those things that were during the uh, Depression era, like Civilian Conservation Corps, where they they just built dams and things like that. But think of a a, a department, uh, whether it be Department of Energy, Department of Education, uh, that has actually... Uh, either been created to solve a problem and solved it and gone away, or has it uh, even increased the um, the quality of whatever that product is? So uh, I, I think that the, the 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 march towards single payer is something that a lot of us think that was the design of Obamacare was to uh, collapse the insurance companies and force them to either become de facto or actual single payers for the. Um, uh, in, for the medical uh, services that we provide as physicians. And I would encourage you to look toward the VA. If you want to see what a single payer looks like, look toward the VA. And uh, whether you're pro-VA or not pro-VA, and there's lots of good people that work in the VA, but the system itself is not a great system for delivering high-quality medical care to everyone. And that's what a single payer would look like in the United States. And uh, for all of you out there listening, if you want to learn more about that um, Ask Dr. Tommy show, go to askdrtommy.com. And then also you can download us on iTunes. And if you want to learn more about Dr. Williams, go to walterewilliams.com. And then I also encourage you to buy his new book, American Contempt for Liberty. It's an excellent book. And until next time, bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today. For more show news and information, go to askdrtommy.com. And be sure to follow Dr. Tommy on Facebook at Echelon Health and on Twitter at Tampa Direct Care. To learn more about Echelon Health Concierge Medicine Practice, visit Echelon Health online at tampadirectcare.com.